When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other. We help each other to grow. We also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me and let's connect. Connection. I'm introducing you today to Amy Thielmans, who is a community leader, an entrepreneur, a therapist, a mom, a wife, and probably a lot of other things that I'm not saying. (laughs) So Amy, thank you so much for being on the Soulful Connections podcast. Thank you for having me. Full disclosure. Amy has served as chair of my role in the Central Box Chamber of Commerce. Um, she has served as the a chair of Parenting and Family Committee. And over the, like, I think two decades. It's been a long time. Yes, I think you're right. It's almost two decades. Two decades that I've known, Amy. I have tried to pilfer and steal <laughs> all of your <laughs> wisdom that you're so generous in in giving. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But first of all, um, did I get anything wrong before we start? No, absolutely. You're right. Um, Can you kind of take us back and tell us just a little bit about how you grew up, your childhood, what was it like? I'm always fascinated by people's journeys to get where they ended up. Okay. Um, Let's see. So I... I actually, um, I grew up basically in this area, you know, my parents traveled back and, you know, I think my prior to being 10, my parents moved every couple of years for my dad's job. And then at 10, we pretty much settled in Bucks County. Um, I am a Pine Run, Unami, CB West girl. Because, you know, we have a... <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thread. That's the thread. <laughs> One um, of them. Yeah. So um, I guess like part of my journey, I guess an important part of it is um, my parents divorced when I was 13 and my brother was three. So there's all kinds of stuff that gets wrapped up in that. Um, so I, you know, like many... Graduates said that in that age group, I was told to go get a business degree. Um, and while I was getting my my undergrad in business marketing, um, I was fascinated by psychology. I was a peer counselor, um, but it wasn't an option to change majors as an undergrad. I mean, I would have had to switch schools and, you know, at that point, like financially, you couldn't just do that anymore. Um, So then I went on to get my MBA because that was like the most natural thing. And um, yeah, I really was not very good at, um, you know, hardcore 
hardcore, <laughs> hardcore like, selling of things. Yeah. And, you know, I was much more concerned about um, the other people. Yeah. <laughs> so um, not that I couldn't. Yeah, you but know, that's an interesting but blend. Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So um, let's see. So I got married. I was having my children. I, um, what I was doing is I was running my husband's business. Um, my husband was a sports photographer. Um, he was hired by our biggest client. So actually I didn't have a job anymore. Uh-huh. Right. Um, we were kind of at a point where we were doing some therapy and, um, I remember sitting in my therapist's office one day in this like overwhelming, oh my God, I can't believe you're saying that I've been saying this my whole life and no one has ever believed me or understood what I was saying. And there's a name for it. And it was a, she's a marriage and family therapist. And um, the whole process of systemic therapy and relationship therapy was just this major eye opener. Um, so that's kind of wow. how I got here. She convinced me to go back to school oh and gosh. get another master's degree, which is a little overwhelming. Yes. At yeah. You're time. a mom at this point. I'm a mom. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Wow. And, um, you know, my husband was super supportive of doing that. Um, I remember, you know, oh God, you know, going back to school and whatever. And our financial advisor said to us, which was really advice I pass on all the time. He's like the most, the best investment is in yourself. Oh my gosh. That gives right? me chills. Mm -hmm. And it was like light bulbs all over the place. Yeah. Right. And I remember when I was getting my MBA that it was grueling, right? I did really well, but it was grueling. And through the whole three years of getting my degree in clinical psychology um, and counseling and marriage and family therapy, um, I don't ever remember being frustrated or not looking forward to class. Wow. It just was such it was a fit. fit and an innate piece of me. Um, I had bad therapist as a teenager. Yeah. And when I realized that there were good therapists, I wanted to save every kid. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about that too, Amy, is that the good therapist and the bad therapist probably made you the great therapist that you are. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. maybe learning that, what was not yeah. working, yeah. you know, in the couple of times I had been to therapy as a teenager or young adult and learning what was not right yeah. mm -hmm. definitely made me a better therapist. I don't think I realized that too about your business background. So that kind of fits um, in with the entrepreneur absolutely. part of you. You know, you're an entrepreneur and a therapist. And yeah. that's really interesting. All of that kind of blended together when you think about, you know. Yeah, you could, I mean, uh, as much as a ther therapist and all of us would prefer to do our work without getting paid. Right. right. We're happy to give away our, sure. our therapy yep. because it's so much about connection. 
Yes. But you can't live like that, right? <laughs> I think we all would like, yes, business. that's it, right. You know, it is a business. And sometimes that is, that is really hard for, you know, lots of different um, I can imagine, you know, not just therapy, but artists or, course, yes. you know, other kind of um, art, art type or creative, know, creative kind service of, yes. play, you know. Yeah, I totally get yeah. that. So, yeah. And it might even be hard if you're a banker, even if you're in finance. I just think it's it's interesting. There's so many layers to the way we, we approach money and service and absolutely. all of that. Yeah. Um, so when you went back, you were, you were kind of a mom in a weird way mm -hmm. at 13. Yeah. Kind you know? Of. Yeah. And maybe that whole experience informed your ultimate desire to understand human beings and the family dynamic, because you seem so wise about that aspect of life, that family dynamic, you know? Yeah. That makes sense sense that's good <laughs> you know why i say that because i can remember one time when one of my kids who was little did something and amy's not my therapist she's my unpaid <laughs> after she just talked about getting paid for it she's my unpaid therapist um and we were talking and you said you know amanda you i said boy i was so annoyed by this toddler of mine right. and you said well that's probably a trigger because she's acting like your husband in that specific instance, he's an adult, but you're, you're, my brain kind of went to yeah. maybe no place. Maybe it wasn't even a brain. Maybe it was like a function of reaction mm -hmm. or something. And I always thought, oh, Amy, you're so good at what you do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just such, you know, we are our relationships to so, to such a great extent. Absolutely. Our relationships are, they impact they impact every part of us. Right. And so, yes, I think that there is an innate piece to seeing the world from a systems perspective. Right. I think you can be taught it, but I also, I do believe that sometimes, well, a lot of times it, it's just inside of you. And I always kind of laugh because when I'm sitting with clients, I see, you know, all these circles flowing around and how they all yeah. intersect. Right. And so when we talk about systems and systems theory, um, we talk about how even one person sitting in the office or therapy with one person is connect, you know, everyone, every one person lives in many systems, right? So you have a family system, you have a school system, you have a community system, you have a work system, right? And all of the relationships that are in that all impact the other relationships. Right, right. right. It is. So, That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so, and mental health then can be impacted by those different relationships and also can be alleviated by healing the relationship. You know, so yeah. I often say to a couple, I'm like, you're a good person, you're a good person, but the stuff that's going on in between you, we need to tweak some of that. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, and you know, when you think of your husband's behavior, right? Right. And you're trying because of course that, I PS, right? I'm my behavior is perfect. I'm just putting oh, yeah, it out there. Of course. Well, it's you know. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But yes. And what even you know, and what, you know, it, it even 
it even triggers such a common word. Now we all say, oh, that's triggering or I'm so right. triggered. And, you know, part of me doesn't really even understand what a trigger is. Right. Um, but, you know, we just talked about connection mm-hmm. and we are not post pandemic really, but we're coming, it's calmer. We're coming off of a major pandemic. How did that impact you, your business? If ever there was a time that collectively we understood the need for mental health professionals, it was during this pandemic mm-hmm. when we were all home together, yes, <laughs> sitting yes. around and we were teaching our kids and having our relationships or we were alone right. and not having anybody yeah. around. So there are so many things that happened. How did that affect? You know, the, the silver lining with the pandemic and the lockdowns was that suddenly the stigma of getting care for mental health had been really knocked down. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about how this was affecting their mental health, right? So, I, I mean, I have been fighting for that stigma to go away for yes. what I feel like my whole life. Yeah. Right? Um, just because somebody has anxiety or depression or bipolar disorder or another mental health issue of some sort, right? Or relationship issues. There's nothing wrong with right. therapy. No, if you Something can't right get a baseball, that. you go to your coach and you get coaching lessons. Yeah. How different is that? Yes. Right? So that is the absolute silver lining. Um, the, um, you know, from a business perspective, I guess you can look at that mental health was definitely the business to be in. But I would say two and a half years in, even my my therapists are still a little burnt out. They're still tired. Yes, that's what I've been and, hearing um, across the board. But the, these therapists that work with me, God bless them. They didn't miss a beat. We switched right on to telehealth. Um, you know, we stayed connected as much as we could through our group texting or through Zoom calls or whatever it is that we could do to stay connected. Um, part of the reason, if I back up a little bit, part of the reason sort of the practice in, in its own right is because I had worked alone for 13 years. And while that was great, while I was raising my kids, when they were going to college, I was super lonely. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And so I wanted that connection with other therapists. Interesting. You know, and Mm -hmm. I created a practice where we were all marriage and family therapists. So we all speak systemic language Mm -hmm. and understand each other. And um, so being away from each other was super hard. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, We need each other. Right. Yeah. Work is hard. Um, So that was part of what was going on. And then I was sitting on a computer for nine hours a day, one client after the other, nine, you know, and so were were they. Um, So it was really hard. You know, we tried, um, we also then got the most difficult cases because we were trying to help the mental health of the first responders. Oh my goodness, right. right. And yeah. so we were hearing things while they were getting it out. We were 
absorbing, absorbing it. it, thinking, oh no, what do you know? Yes. And then without each other, yeah, after sessions to kind of debrief from, mm-hmm. we were struggling a little. Um, but we came back as quickly as we could. We did the whole shields in the office yeah. and the masking and the disinfecting. And um, so we came back. And even now, though, we're, you know, back and forth. Yes. So that's another maybe silver lining is that people that couldn't access mental yeah. health care have now, now they can. They have an option. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings to mind, what do you do to get away from that? Because you are, it's an exchange of energy, not just information. So you're kind of taking that on and what do you do to unwind? How do you, you know, recover from it? (laughs) (laughs) Or would you like me to ask listeners for tips? Yes, exactly. Um, I will say that definitely the self-care during COVID time and the pandemic, self-care was definitely a thing that we continued to talk about, continue to try for. Um, but what does self-care look like? So I think self-care is your, for me, is my exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is my downtime, my TV time, yes. if you will. Um, it is... Um, unfortunately I really like to decorate, which is kind that's of That's fortunate. Amazing. I wish I'm jealous. I, that's, mm, well, I was thinking we're husband. in Amy's beautiful, beautiful <laughs> office and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you are really talented. Thank I think you. that's fortunate. I'm not talented so, in that arena. My husband will call this office my dollhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in a, you know, 17th century building with yeah. these little rooms and I just like to redecorate. Them. That's great. But that is really a stress relief for me. Um, and so I did do a lot of that during the pandemic, um, especially because nobody was in the office. So yeah. my husband and I redid the floors and we painted oh, and we put up tile and you know so that was actually very it's interesting because that sounds like the opposite of self-care to me which tells you that self-care looks different for everyone absolutely (laughs) um so we also built a yoga room upstairs oh that's so cool yeah and so the plan was that we'd be doing yoga but i lost my yoga instructor because that was another industry that kind of changed where there were some people that were no longer yeah. teaching in exercise classes. So the ones that were, were working twice as much as they used to. Yeah. So yeah. we're still working on getting that back together. That's good because, yeah. you know, I, we, I talk with friends and we all, you know, do yoga and it's like, now we're looking around going, where is it? Where did right. it go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And yoga environment is like very key and important part of yoga, mm-hmm. in my opinion, honestly. So you said you watch you television. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what types of series? You have a favorite one? Gosh, a favorite one. I tend to watch the things that would absolutely never happen in my world. Like, okay. I mean, it's you know, we laugh. My kids laugh at me. I love my. NCIS. Oh, right. Carmen. And then I like um, 
During COVID, I will say I watched a lot of Hallmark, which is also slightly embarrassing. That's okay. Because it was always oh. happy and the couple right. ended with a kiss at the end, right? And for a marriage oh, therapist, that's so true. it just made a difference. I never thought that is such a true point. Yeah, at the end of it, every Hallmark movie, yes. the couple kisses. And, you know, when I'm working with couples that were going through such a hard time yeah. during COVID um, and always really, but yeah. yeah. So that was kind of, that makes me happy. What about speaking <laughs> of couples, do you have like, I know it's hard to whittle it down to one, but is there a number one tip that you would give to couples or it doesn't have to be the number one tip, just a tip. If somebody was talking about relationship advice. Okay. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> Gosh, the number one thing, I think we have to listen before we speak. I think, yeah. um, you know, and I, I think where people get caught in that is recognizing that either the other person is not purposefully trying to be hurtful. Yeah. Right. Um, but most importantly when people are really struggling there's a point where unacceptable behavior is no longer acceptable yes so when couples are really in trouble it's sometimes because one person has accepted bad behavior from the other one for too long yeah oh that's right? a good so point so they both have a they both play a part and yes. it's never just one person. Even if one person looks like they're the wrong one, yeah. It they both always have a part. And yep. so when you're talking about that, maybe that one thing, and I'm kind of a little all over the place. No, that makes sense. It's recognizing that it takes your responsibility people. in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you both have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. So do you have any like is there something like a ritual, like this is what I do every morning to set the stage for my day? I make my bed. Oh, very good. Isn't that? Beautiful? Does it count if you just pull up the comforter? Sometimes, yes. The cat <laughs> would not move this Yes, the cat was not moving this morning. And I thought, right. I just, he looks so comfy. Yeah. I just pulled the video. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've sat on the floor in our living room because we have animals oh, right. on the chairs, mm -hmm. which probably is a level of dysfunction, but they look, you know, I do do the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what about things where you have a day where you're just not motivated and you especially I mean, you're getting ready to walk into a day where you're going to be engaging with people. Right. What do you, do you have a go-to? What do you do to get motivated? Or what do you do to get yourself into what you need to be doing? Um, okay. So I think what happens, because obviously I need my coffee. Right. Um, you know, I, I always thinking, have to have both. I have to have a cup of tea. And then I have to have a cup of coffee. You're I, same. Right? I am the same. Yeah. I did, I've did. i never met somebody else who's really? the same. But yes. I have to have tea when I wake up. But once I get going, then I need yes. a couple cups 
of coffee. Full agreement of that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It just works. Um, Part of what happens is you, as a therapist for me, I may be feeling very sleepy, very down, very tired, even upset about something going on in my own world. But when I get with my client, it's, it's all about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And the energy just comes. Yeah. And I really don't have an explanation. That's so interesting. It just happens. Um, And I actually, sometimes when I'm having that kind of day where I just can't get the paperwork done or just want to, you know, I'm scrolling through, I don't know, the news or something just to avoid doing things. I get excited that I know a client's coming in soon because I know I'm going to re-engage and refocus and share that energy. Right. Do you feel like this is your purpose? This. Ooh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yes. I I definitely feel. Or it's maybe it's part of fulfilling your purpose. Yeah. But it's not the whole purpose. It's not the whole purpose. Yeah. No, it's not the whole purpose. Yeah. Um, I really love being a mom. Oh, yeah. And so sometimes I feel like my purpose was to raise children to go do good things. Yeah, right? that's great. I don't know if that's, that's pretty true phenomenal. Or not, but that is definitely yeah. kind of always. I mean, if we can send people out into this world to be good people, you can't get better right. than that, you know? So I've kind of hoped that maybe that was part mm-hmm. of my purpose yeah so if you could wave a magic wand Ooh, okay so somebody said amy you have a magic wand but you only have it right now and you only have it for like 60 seconds <laughs> so you have, you have to decide what you can change in the world you can change this one thing <laughs> amanda you can't just change one thing you can only because change one thing it's systemic <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, I don't know that I could choose one thing to change. Um, It's interesting because we live in a world where we feel really polarized. mm -hmm. You know, for somebody who's all about relationships, our relationships with one another seem as distant and divided as you can almost possibly get. Yes. doesn't mean that that wasn't always the case because, you know, there was the wild West, there was the civil war. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been through a lot, but um, we now see it and yes, people have ways of articulating their division more than they ever have yes. before. Right. Is there any, part of like, okay, well, I would make what maybe people can't say the first thing that comes to their (laughs) mind. I don't know. Well, I think that, um, I think one of the issues around that, right, is that there are ways of resolving conflict, right? But the third, first thing you have to do when you're looking to resolve conflict is find some common ground. Yeah. Right. And, you know, certainly we're in this community that has become so divisive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it hurts my heart to hear, you know, growing up here and, you know, 
going through the central Oak school system and having my children graduated. Yes. So my children were Mill Creek, Unami yes. South. And my brother was, you know, he was also Pine Run, Unami West, but whatever. Um, it hurts my heart to see and hear what's been going on just in our tiny little community. I know. Right? Not, it, yes. I mean, even kind of like a microcosm. A big world, but in our tiny little community. And really, nobody's listening to yes. each other, right? Um, and there's there's no act of finding common ground, yeah, right? Um, I think that's the first thing I would yeah. say. Yeah, so like maybe that, yeah, maybe everybody could just find common ground because it's there. We're mm -hmm. all human. Yeah. <laughs> we can start there, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Well, I think that can be our title. Common ground. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate this time that you've given me. And I also appreciate all of the wisdom that you've imparted through the years. You've been very generous with your insights. Thank so, you. Thank you. I am happy to share my insights with you. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.